This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everyone and welcome to the Blood Red podcast where I'm delighted to say that after 40 long days since Champions League glory in Madrid, football is back. Um, I'm sure you did not miss last night. Liverpool started pre-season with a bang with a 6-0 win over the water against Tramir. Um, and if you thought that that long three-week wait between Wolves and the Champions League final was stretched on, well, you know, these 40 days, despite basking in Champions League glory, they've they've ticked by and uh, finally here we are. Football is, is upon us again. Obviously, you know, you can never make firm conclusions after pre- after the first game of pre-season, but we will we will try our best to do that today after a very impressive showing from the Reds. Uh, I'm Sean Bradbury, host for today, and I have with me, after making her press box debut, a mere stroll from her Birkenhead home, it's Kiva O'Neill. Kiva, 6-0 for your first game. You take that. Yeah, well, I feel like the stars aligned. Obviously, I got to be there in my hometown to make my debut. Six times, six goals, and I become an anti for the sixth time as well yesterday. So, you know. It's all there. It was meant to be. We also have Christian Walsh, who I'm sure you will all know, the host of Analyze in Anfield, now oversees various LFC projects for the Echo and uh, you know, former regular on the Blood Red pod. Chris, what was what was your debut like? Can you remember your first game in the press box for the uh, Echo? For the Echo, yeah, it was a Fenway Park. That's if you can not believe bad, to that. Be fair. I had to sort of look up because the, the, at that time I was all, all over the place, really, because um, I knew I did a couple of trips abroad and I did a couple of Anfield games. But it was the 1-0 Marco Borriello scored in the last minute, which was... Fantastic for me because obviously it was the first time I was against deadline. Um, not necessarily for the for it was more of a paper based thing now, and the idea of a podcast was 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 just a, a far flung notion. But uh, yeah, you know, last minute goal, I had to do a couple of rewrites uh, for, for for the web, and um, yeah, it was it went to the green eyed monster and saw. Um, I think that's what they call it over there. I yeah. should know that really. I'm going back <laughs> over there next week. But you can brush up. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I, can, yeah. I, can, I, can I can do the reading on the plane. Um, <laughs> so yeah, one nil um, in the Fenway Park. So not six goals then. Not I was six. like, no, I can't quite match that one. To him. Who scored again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, let's start digging into that madness last night. As, as first games of preseason go, that was really something. Let's start with the general sense of the game. It, it was just for me watching it in the office here, and you know, d- helping cover it for the blog and what you guys were sending back. It was just a match that felt alive with possibilities that looked like lost on none of those players, especially the youngsters that they had a real chance to prove themselves. And Klopp was true to his word, gave gave a load of young lads a chance. And I think there was also that that little tingle of being European champions. The momentum of that seemed to be carried into the game. Start with you, Kiva. What what was your sense of the occasion and, and the atmosphere last night? Yeah, it was really good, you know, to be there at Prenton Park. There's obviously a lot of a lot of fans around the world and a lot of fans around Merseyside. So, you know, to this is the fourth time now they've gone to Prenton Park and I feel like it's sort of like a give back from Klopp to like, you know, the wider sort of communities of Merseyside. So I really just enjoyed that and hope it continues because it's great for Tramier as well and obviously the local economy and my lovely town, Birkenhead. Um but yeah, just a great night, you know. Um, I'm glad that I chose to write about Brewster before the game because then <laughs> I just watched him with a Hawkeye vision and he was just doing everything good. And we haven't seen him play before and well, I haven't seen him for like any of the unders and he was just magnificent watching him. I was just like, okay, so Jürgen's maybe made the decision not to buy anyone and I feel like this lag can fill the boots of being that, you know, that fifth striker. Mm. Well, we'll come on to Brewster in, in more detail soon, but Chris, 6-0, you can't get carried away with the first game of pre-season, but a start's go. 
I was pretty decent one. I'm already carried away. I've booked Istanbul. <laughs> uh, it, it's it, yeah. It, it, these these type of games, everybody says that they mean zero, and you know I'm sure Klopp would say if they won six nil or if they lost six nil that it means very little. It's all about getting minutes and legs and preparation and, and understanding a few tactical intricacies. But I think if you play a League One side who in previous years have given Liverpool some pretty tough games, you know, I can remember there was a very easy 4-0, but apart from that, it was a 3-2 last year. Uh, it was 1-0 um, a couple of years before when I think Danny Ings scored late on. To, to, to sort of blow them away 6-0, and of, of course they weren't at the best and, and they're just in their early stages of preparation as well. However, to score six goals, to put on a show for the fans, and to also just, you can split this into into different compartments, really. You always get the the young players who are really exciting and you think that they're going to be world beaters and then you won't hear from them again for another year because off they go back to the, yeah. to, to the academy or, or wherever and you only see them on little social media clips of great goals that they've scored over the next 12 months. Then you've got the players who sort of, you've, you've maybe forgotten about a little bit uh, or you didn't consider um, and you see them doing something a bit interesting. So, you know, Nathaniel Klein pinging one in from, uh, from from 20 yards is something that nobody really expected in pre-season. You've got James Milner in the number six. You know, I don't know if he could do that in the hustle and bustle of a Premier League game, but it's that's an interesting option that he went for. And then you've got the sort of a little bit of everything and, and that's what Ryan Brewster brought because it was... It was a, a performance which really excited. It's almost like he's the he's the worst kept secret on Merseyside, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, there's been so much hype about him. He's a Champions League winner, but he hasn't actually played a competitive minute for Liverpool. So it's a really interesting situation with him. So to win 6-0 against the League One side in pre-season, you know, people will dismiss it. And I, I'm sure, you know, Jürgen will be playing it down himself. But you, you can't really ask for more. You know, no injuries. Oxley Chamberlain got 45 minutes in his legs. Everybody looked fresh. Everybody looked happy. Um, and yeah, optimism abounds because it's 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 the sort of result which you can you can hopefully take and and move on into preseason at least and and give us some hope going forward. It mm. felt like a night of possibility, you know. All the preseasons, like you said at the beginning, there, there's been you know players that have you know had shone in preseason and then sort of you know gone back into the shadows of the academy or moved on elsewhere. Where last night felt like. You know, even like players like Harry Wilson, Ryan Kent, everyone was energetic and doing mm. bits and it felt like they could carve open an opportunity here to play for Liverpool. It feels like, you know, we're not making these big summer signings and it feels like there's more chance now than ever, even though we've got the best team we've ever had. Yeah. It, it just feels like this possibility for these young stars. Mm. Well, let's let's go back to Brewster then. The, the man who stole the headlines, two goals and an assist. Give you your the debut piece from the press box that we've we've already mentioned uh, was was focused on him. You know he's been he's been touted for a while as the the young lad who could be the next one to make a breakthrough. Klopp's not been shy and kind of talking him up and suggesting about his potential. He couldn't have done much more to impress in that first half. You can see why he's so highly rated. You know, as I said, I haven't seen him play a minute, and watching him for them forty five, I was just glued to him. He's just so composed and confident, and you know Manny Montu's trying to sense it off. He's no, he's no, you know, no fool. He's literally like he's a giant and really strong. And Brewster was just running rings around him, and you know, obviously the defender gave a good account of himself, but was lo- left lost a few times from him. It's just his interplay and his one-twos with all different players. He seemed to just. He was like a domino effect of spark and the creativity mm. of Wilson and Kent, and he just seemed to have this. Like, not like a chip on his shoulder, but like the confidence, you know, but like he knows 
I just feel like he's got so much potential. And, you know, it is only 45 minutes against Tramia in a pre-season friendly. But what he showed in that little moment was, like I said, he re-announced himself on the stage. And hopefully, you know, going forward he, throughout this pre-season, he can continue to do that and then just build on that. Mm. Chris, there's a danger that you don't want to build them up too much at this stage. And I think Klopp was funny after the match touching on this. He first, well, he was asked and he said he didn't want to play down Bruce's performance, but then he also said I could have, I could probably have scored one of those goals. So, you know, he's trying to he's trying to play it down the middle, except that you know he's got a great talent on his hands, but also not not kind of blow too much smoke there. What what's what's your take? Is he is he one that's really going to make a breakthrough this season? I think Klopp's back himself with his off the ball movement there because. <laughs> I, yeah, they were easy finishes, but both both goals. He's he's very quick to sort of lose his marker and find that space. Mm. Um, I don't know which one he thought he would have scored. Um, to be honest, uh, <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe the other because he's just able to miss his head because he's six foot four. But <laughs> I thought it was a decent header, and, and I thought the second goal. Yeah, it was an easy finish. Um, but at the same time, he's he, he's ghosted behind his marker, and, and and there's a reason why he's he's got that easy finish because he's unmarked. I think at this stage of pre-season, i.e. the very, very start, you need a player like Brewster, who obviously is coming with him with a bit of expectation, but also mm. a bit of mystery. It's far better for him to, to be doing these kind of things than not. Um, you know, I'm sure if he'd, if he'd have a, a bit of a an industrious 45 minutes where he wasn't getting much change out of Manny Monsi and, and there was a couple of little glimpses and then, you know, Jürgen says afterwards, you know, well, yeah, he didn't score, but there was a sign here and a sign there of what he's capable of. That's a bit of a harder sell than the lad scored two goals. He set up another um, and his all-round play um, uh, really impressed. I think at that, at his age, you've always got an opportunity to impress because he's quick. Yeah. Um, and against a defence you know, a League One defence, that's no you know, disrespect to Tramia, but a League One defence, I think pace is a is a real attribute against a defence like that. Um, and even when you sort of get called up into, let's say, a Premier League game, I think if you've got pace to burn, which he does have, um, it's, it's that that's something that defenders can't deal with sometimes. Mm-hmm. The good thing is that it looks like he's got the finishing ability. It looks like he's got the smarts. It looks like he's got the build-up play. He was dropping off, which really impressed me as well. He's in this unenviable position where everyone who's moaning about Klopp not signing anybody should probably direct the tweets to him because it's all his fault. Um, and I'd love to watch that, to be honest, to see him just sitting <laughs> on his phone, just just replying to all the all the moaners. But it, this is all down to him because Klopp and his backroom staff back him so much. Um, there's noises out of Melwood that you know the senior pros who, who train with him just say he's, he's unreal and he's he, he could be next level in terms of ability. Um, the type of noises that were getting made about Michael Owen back in the day. Mm. Um, you've got to remember that he's what, 19, 18, 19 still? He's still a teenager. Um, there's obviously the, the the slight concern about how a long-term injury can have an impact, but it yeah. looks like he's, he, he looked sharp enough yesterday, he looked quick enough. Um, so, you know, the jury is out, but it's still very much leading towards one way at the moment that he's got a big part to play in some way, even if it's a case of he rests the legs of Salah, Mane, Firmino for the League Cup, for the FA Cup, for maybe a couple of the, what we hope will be easier, home ties in Europe if they, if they draw, you know, another Red Star, for example. That, you know, if, if that is his role at this age, then he's, he's doing more than enough to, to, to justify Liverpool having faith in him and, and not necessarily right now spending 50, 60 million on a front three option. Mm. Well, as you've alluded to there, he, he is... 
a potential solution to a transfer dilemma for Klopp. And looking on to another one now, Moreno's left um, and he's, he's, he's found a new club. He's uh, joined Villarreal. And there's still that sense of who, who's the backup for Robertson, who's the deputy left-back. We'll start with you on this one, Kiva. There were two different teams from the Reds last night and, and in each half, a youngster had the chance to throw their name in the hat, I suppose, for, for being that, that number two left-back. Who caught your eye out of uh, LaRucci and Lewis or both of them? Yeah, they both caught my eye, but in the first half, it has to be said, LaRucci was just unstoppable. I I think I called him last night a steam train. He was just bulldozing his way. You know, sort of, you remember the goals of like Alberto Moreno at, at Tottenham, that sort of just Jaden run through the pit and then just scored. And he just had everything good about that goal in him last mm. night. There was It was just bizarre watching him. He, he'd pick up the ball at at the back and then somehow he'd be in the six yard box having a shot and you'd be like where did he come from he just looks so so good and like you could hear it in the press box few people like who is this kid you know like it was sort of a, a lot of excitement was growing for him he just he looks like we I know the transfer dilemma has been solved watching him I know it's 45 minutes but I was just like wow um, and I think he featured in the FA Cup final I think Conor Dunn was speaking about it before and you know, he he's had moments, obviously, where people have the attention sort of come on him, but I'd never seen him play or really heard of him before yesterday, to be honest. And, oh, my God, he's won me over. I was just like, I want to, can't wait to see him again because he just, he looked like a 100-metre runner, sprinter, playing football. He just looks so quick and dynamic and just everything, you know, Andy Robertson's been doing for Liverpool the past couple of seasons is what I think LaRucci could be for Liverpool and provide, you know, that that full-back backup. Mm. There was a bit of buzz around him when he signed, I remember, um, and a couple of people came out and sort of said, oh, keep an eye on this this guy. And then he, he's just not faded into obscurity, he just faded into the youth setup as as, as, as players do. Um, you know, he, he wasn't a Sepp Vandenberg, for example, where, you know, even if he's playing for the under-23s, people want to know his progress. I think he's, by nature, as a left-back, people just don't really get excited by left-backs, but he was a winger. He's been uh, moved back as a full-back and... Yeah, I, I agree with Kiva. I thought he was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Roar, of course, uh, a couple of crossfield balls where you go, that would be snapped upon if it was a little bit more of a, an intensive game. But in general, very, very promising. Um, I think what he brings is, is, is that energy and directness. And again, it's a little bit like Brewster. If, if you're playing fullback in a Klopp system, you, you need more than, than pace and you need more than directness. But it gets you a long way I think you obviously need that final ball because Robertson and Alexander-Arnold are two players who very much have to create and, and you have to have that technique and that, mm. and that cunning to do that but if you can sort out your physical attributes first then then you know you're, you're on a good path and and it certainly feels like that compare him to, to Lewis I think you know with Lewis it's it's a case of He's playing a lot of positions for the under under eighteen, under nineteen, under in the youth league, under twenty threes. He, he could play centre mid, he mm-hmm. could play left mid, he could play left back. Uh, so he's got that string to his bow, whereas Larucci hasn't. But if you look under a specialist left back at the moment, it would say Larucci's probably got the nod. You're looking at both of those, and you're saying they'll probably be third choice, third fourth choice because there's Gomez, there's Milner. I think Klopp would look to solve. Uh, a problem, let's say, if Andy Robertson, God forbid, got injured for a, yeah. for a, for a fair amount of time, um, he'd look to solve it within the senior squad. But it's good to know that 
yes, caveat only for five minutes against Tramia, but they've, they've they've got things in reserve there where it, it wouldn't be an absolute death knell of the season. I wouldn't be surprised if Klopp does what he's done with Alexander Arnold and just drops him in at some point in a big game and he goes from there. Just, you know, you can see almost his career mapping out before him after last night. I was just like, yeah, this is it. Well, very exciting times. Moving on from the talented youngsters, let's go to, well, it sounds ridiculous saying this, but I guess one of the elder statesmen of the of the teams who featured last night, Divock Origi. Start with you, Kiva. Fresh from signing his new contract, Big Div, given the armband in the second half, led, led his side out. Um, looked pretty sharp. Yeah, there was a, I think, did he give the ball to Woodburn who set up a goal, didn't he, I think? For Casey's Jones, yeah. yeah. He, he just looked, you know, sometimes in pre-season when the older players just look like that bit more quality, sort of looked better than everyone else in a, in a respectable way to everyone. Um, he it's just like the ink's still fresh, isn't it? Pretty yeah. much. And he's like stepped out as, you know, got his reward as being captain for the second half. And, you know, it's a, it's a big, going to be a big season for Divock. And um, he just showed composure again last night. His finish was just obviously a lovely, Matip likes to find him now, two assists in two. <laughs> for, um, so he launched the ball over the top and then he just sort of, took it in his in his stride and went past Scotty Davis and and scored a lovely goal. Um so yeah, I think he'll he'll just be have a relaxed sort of preseason like that, you know, not doing too much, but his quality will obviously get him goals as well. That's what Kiva says. You know, you can tell when a senior player comes onto the pitch in those type of games sometimes and he the sort of automatically elevated and it's just the touch and he, he didn't really do that in a couple past couple of pre seasons. You know, he, he come on and sometimes you'd sort of think, is, is, is he meant to be an under 23s player or is he meant to be a, a senior pro who's been at Liverpool for f- four years? But the, the, he looked like a grown up. He looked yeah. like a, 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 an actual pro now. And obviously his back's up because, you know, in a good way because he's a European champion. He scored in Madrid. He was huge against Barcelona. We know about Newcastle and Everton. Uh, and he's just signed the contract. So, but he he came on with the impetus and the just the aura of somebody who's going to be a, a, you know an important cog in this yeah. in this system. The same way Milner does, you know, you you look at Milner and you go, I mean, he is a grown up, he's thirty four <laughs> nearly, but you look at Fabinho and you go, of course, he's he's somebody who's played a big part in being a a, a European Cup winner side. Matip, you can say that Gomez, and now you can add Origi to that in terms of he just had that poise around him um, and that sort of belief that yes, you know we we are better than 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 than, than Tramier. Uh, I've got nothing to prove, but I'm going to prove it anyway mm. because I'm going to take this long ball down with a fantastic first touch oh, around the keeper. So it's very much yeah. It, 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 he looks like for the first time I feel since because even it was weird even. Even going back towards the back end of last season, he's obviously producing these performances off the bench, and he's he's coming on, he's scoring against Newcastle, but then he starts up front against Barcelona. You're going, God, you know, what, yeah. what, yeah. what, what, you know, is 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 that is that what you do? Is is that you know? Did, I mean, Klopp probably. I know it was a tactical thing, but at the new camp, he went for Wijnaldum in that position over him. Um, so obviously it was sort of on Klopp's mind, but now I think there's no doubt about it. You know, Divock Origi is part of a, let's say, 15, 16 man 
nucleus of of players who are going to have a lot of minutes this season and, and play a big part and, and and he very much deserves it. He seems like he believes in himself yeah. now. I feel like them goals have given the confidence and you could see it last night. You do say, you know, I said before about Brewster's shoulders back, like that confidence and Origi had that obviously looks the senior player, but he just he just looks different now. Like it's changed him and obviously with the the no release clause and stuff like that. Mm. He knows he's a part of Liverpool's future. Jurgen Klopp wants him here. So just go forward now and keep scoring goals. Mm. I think it's the first time as well that what you've got to remember, it's the first time that he's really sort of had an opportunity properly at Liverpool in terms of when, when Klopp first came in, I mean, he played in his in his first game at Tottenham, mm. which is lovely symmetry, obviously, because of what happened in Madrid. But <laughs> he, he, he got picked because I think Sturridge was injured. Um, and then he goes on a good run. And you know, he's, I think he scores five and five over December, and he's doing really well as the as the one, or sometimes as the two in a four four two alongside Sturridge. And then the few next more tackle happens, and that's the oh, yeah. that that sort of. I don't think people can uh, sort of understand how disruptive that was to him because yeah. he ends up he ends up going to Wolfsburg, and it's, you know he goes to Wolfsburg side who are in free fall at that time um, and they haven't got they certainly haven't got their act together on or off the pitch and they nearly go down and this is a team who were Bundesliga champions eight years ago mm. um, and then he comes back and he's under 23s and he's he, you know he doesn't get his first minutes in the Premier League until December the 1st which was obviously the, the Merseyside derby so the, the second half of the season is the first time when he's had a, a real opportunity to have minutes you know, with, without the sort of the, the the early Klopp era, where mm. obviously the, the whole team is finding the way, and so is, is Jurgen Klopp. He's walked into a team, or he's certainly coming off the bench for a team towards the back end of last season, which is very much in tune with how Klopp wants to play, mm. and that's massive for him because he's probably had the summer off. He's come back and he's gone right. So I know exactly what Klopp expects of me. I know exactly how to play in this system. I know I'm a good footballer. The, the, the things just work together and also I've got the goal in Madrid to, to, to live off forever so it, it, it it's it's all of those elements where you, what you now have is a 24 year old who's, who's ready to take the next step at Liverpool and the pitch invasion just to add quickly every kid seemed to just run straight to him <laughs> to Origi and obviously you know to see like Salah, Mane, Firmino he's up there now with them for what he's done for Liverpool he's a hero and to see that last night that sort of showed it to me that like you know the you could hear like kids when he was walking up and down in the the pre-match warm up, and they were like Origi, Origi, like you know he's the word on every kid's every kid's mouth at the minute. You could see a few Origi tops, so you know he he's definitely up there now as like that Liverpool superstar. He's a great guy. He's a, you know I've only sort of interviewed him a couple of times in, in in various little bits, but anyone that you sort of anyone who ever even a social media presence, you know that he's he's yeah. a humble he's a humble guy, and he you know he's playing for the under twenty three sort of this time last year, um, or certainly at the start, and you know Solanke was above him, Ings was above him for a while until he got sold. Um, you know he was he was pretty much a fifth choice striker in the traditional sense of the centre forwards. Mm. You'd have Firmino, you'd have Salah, you'd have Ings, and you had Solanke, and then you'd have Divock Origi. Never moaned, never kicked up a fuss, never agitated for a move. Got his head down and worked hard. But he's just he, he, he's a he's a clock player in that sense. He's, he's somebody who, who will who will work really hard. And my firstborn boy or girl is going to be called Divock. We've got a statue here and a firstborn yeah. here. I mean, wow! What what better tribute could you have to uh, to Mr. Origi? The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. We'll move on from Divock to 
Harvey Elliott, um, who by all accounts is going to be the next signature that the Reds secure this summer, the second summer signing. Um, we'll start with you on this, Chris. So he was he was at the game, he was spotted in the stands. What do you make of this, well, I guess we better say potential deal still that doesn't feel like it's quite over the line and, and what it says about the current transfer strategy? I think what it's saying is that... Liverpool at the moment, so there's a there's really interesting stuff that if you take out Alexander Arnold um, from the Champions League final, I think everybody was aged in the starting 11, 25 to 28. Now they are peak years. They are you know Liverpool are, are European champions because there's still more to come from them. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. You know you look at players like Fabinho, Andy Robertson. Um, you know those kind of players, and the 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 sort of very very young in 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 a, in a general football sense. But you know, twenty five to twenty eight is peak years. So what you're looking at there is you need to start planning for what happens in three years' time when the twenty eight year olds become thirty one, the twenty five year olds become twenty eight. Yeah. And you don't want to wake up one one day and basically you're playing a 32-year-old Roberto Firmino whose, whose legs are on the wane and therefore he isn't as good. You've got a 31-year-old Mo Salah who, you know, you need that sort of next step and what's going to what's gonna happen. I think what also is, is happening here is that Liverpool are trying to get ahead of the curve and Liverpool have got where they are because of two main reasons, coaching and recruitment. Mm. Um and the coaching that are ahead of the curve because Jürgen Klopp's one of the best managers in the world, and the recruitment that are ahead of the curve because of analytics. Um, and basically, you look at sort of a team like Manchester United's transfer strategy and how they, they, their analytics just sort of consist of just buying players who seem to be doing all right in England or Wales, in Daniel James's case. And there's no real strategy, there's no real structure. So for me, it's I think Liverpool are looking at this and going, well, what happens when, because eventually it will happen, what happens when everybody gets on the level playing field? Because it's not going to be a secret forever. No. People will know how analytics work and basically what the type of profile you look at. And it's a case of what now separates us from them. Because if, if Bournemouth are doing what Liverpool are doing, obviously Liverpool will always have first dibs on players, but Bournemouth might find a player that Liverpool might have wanted in the past, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So I think what they're doing now is looking to the future in the sense of the next big thing that will differentiate us is having this team, bringing them up from a young age, bringing them through, making a clear pathway into the into the, into the the first team and going from there. Um, and I think that's what Liverpool are now lining up is let's get some really good under-18s who will probably start in the under-23s if, if what we're hearing is about Van der Berg. I know he's going to be part of the senior squad as well, but I think he'll play under-23 games. Harvey Elliott seems like he's ready for under-23 football already. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if there's maybe one or two others who, not, maybe not this summer, but come through the door in that yeah. same sense. And what they will now do to try and get a head start on all of their rivals is make sure that you've got these players in a clear pathway. So when Van Dijk turns 32, you've got Sepp Vandenberg who turns 21, 22, and he's ready to just slot in there, either alongside them or with them. And I think it's just looking over the next five years because... You know, Liverpool at the moment have, have been brilliant in recruiting people like Andy Robertson, Fabinho, um, you know, Oxley, Seamus, Salah, of course, Mane, those type of players. The next thing is, okay, we might be able to do that forever. So what, how else are we going to get an advantage on on other teams? And and this is how you do it, by by getting the best 16, 17, 18-year-olds in Europe. Mm. 
and making sure that they've got a clear pathway to to becoming future stars. No, this rate, there'll be a twelve-year-olds playing for the under 18s <laughs> that, That's what you see. I reckon <laughs> I mean, Liverpool will sign a fourteen-year-old one day, and you just go. <laughs> Why, like, you know, sort of, I remember being on a podcast when he was born, you know what I mean? It was just like, that's, that's what you'll see. Um, staying with Harvey then, Kiva, you bumped into him last night after the game. Yeah. Bezzy's now? Yeah, good mate, you know. Um, I didn't really want to, like, obviously he hasn't signed, but he was there, which makes you think, you know, it's pretty much on the cards and it's just a matter of time now. Um, I think he was possibly with his dad, but I'm not sure. He looked really excited to sort of be there in, like, a... You know, I haven't signed yet, but I'm going to be a part of this club. Um, so, yeah, saw him in the hallway and just sort of said to him all the best, you know. Wish, wished him all, all the luck for hopefully becoming a Liverpool player in the in the coming days. Mm, 2003, he was born. That makes me feel a bit sick. It does feel a bit wrong, doesn't I it? Know, you're younger than us, like, by a considerable length, I mean... That's and it makes show. me feel yeah, bad. Yeah, imagine so. how it makes us feel. Oh, like I'm, I'm still clinging. I'm, me and Milner, there's a few, there's a few months difference. So if he's still winning lactate tests, there's, there's still hope for me. Just about like, um, it's right. not over yet, Sean. Not, <laughs> not quite. The dreams lives. <laughs> um, final word then. Well, we'll we'll go to Jurgen Klopp and what he said after the game, and obviously get perspective of you guys on this. Very interesting words from the boss um, when he was speaking to reporters on the, on the pitch after the match. Asked about the prospect of signings, and he said, "We have we have bought them already, and you don't realise it." And referencing Brewster, Oxlade Chamberlain, and it's it's not the first time he's kind of intimated this this view um, ahead of preseason. He's been referring to those guys in particular as new players. Uh, start with you on this, Chris. What what do you make of that? And I guess Klopp saying that from a decent position, given how Brewster just played. Yeah, it feels like it feels like Tramier's become this almost like you know. Dawner pistols, high noon shootout with with, with Klopp and the media because every every time every every time they get to Tramia, um, you know, Kiva will sort of tell you this as well from from last night. It's it's it, it's not like your typical um, press conferences where he sits behind the desk. No, he's just on the pitch. He's on the yeah. pitch, congregates. surrounded by because the, there's a lot more access yeah. because it's Tramia. So there's fan media there, and and, and 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 you know those you know basically people are allowed to ask questions, which I think is great, and and it gives a different perspective. Um, and you get asked questions about transfers naturally, and it feels like every single year there's there's something that is said where he's sort of got to have a retort to a, to, a, to whoever's asked the question, just going, just calm down. We're not going to sign absolutely everybody. Um, so it, this is just the latest in a long in a long line of Tramier sort of flashpoints where it's it sort of <laughs> he, he comes out with this statement and everyone's going, "What's he saying that for? Why is he saying that? We don't, does he not realise what we don't realise?" And the answer is no, no. He, he probably realises a lot more than we do. Um, so I've. <laughs> You know, trusting Klopp is, can only go so far sometimes, but yeah. you know, he's got a pretty good track record of making these statements at Tramia and throughout pre-season in general and saying, look, it's all going to be fine. I know what I'm doing. You've got to trust me here. And it works out okay. Uh, so, I could, you know, do Liverpool, may, do, might they need a little bit more strengthening here there? Yeah, I, I think they probably do. Um, but... Is is you know is Klopp and have Liverpool been the club over the past five years uh, to, to to throw out thirty million on somebody just because of a potential injury? No, and the reason they are where they are is because they haven't done that. Mm. You look at somebody like Manchester United now, or someone like Everton who have a, a really inflated wage bill. Liverpool are a very very well run club, uh, and you've got to trust in the process. You talk about Oxley Chamberlain, you talk about Bruce there, you can throw in Adam Lallana in there. 
Uh, you can you can throw in one of the left back, the youngsters at left back. You can throw in. He'll probably be loaned out, of course, but somebody like Ben Woodburn. There's, 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 there is this whole host of players, Harry Wilson as well, of course, yeah. who, who probably will get more of an opportunity now. Shakiri's out injured, so you, Klopp, Klopp knows what he's doing. I know that's a, you know, but he did win a European Cup, and and a lot of thought goes into this situation. Um, you know, the last last year there was a, a lot of, you know, you're not buying a goalkeeper. And he's like, well, let's just wait and see. Here comes Allison. People moan about Fakir not coming. They win a European Cup without him. You know, this kind of thing. I think it was the year before it was Jordan Henderson playing as a number six. And okay, he moved slightly towards the end of last season, but he's pretty much a European Cup winning captain as a you know, playing in that position that he fashioned for him. So this will happen all the time. Um and ultimately what Klopp says goes and if he's saying it then it's not just because he doesn't want to spend money and he doesn't trust you know the the, the process. He just genuinely believes that Oxley Chamberlain and Brewster are new players. And you know, what is it? Thirty minutes for Oxley Chamberlain yeah. last season, zero minutes for Rian Brewster. You can't argue with that. It really, you can't argue with that. Likewise, Gomez, you know, he was pretty much a non-entity um between the, the months of December and and April. Um so he's almost like a new sign. He's certainly a welcome addition once more. It's it, it, you've got to trust in what he says. Mm. Give it. Let's have your take on this. I mean, Klopp did then go on to say the transfer market is open. We see, we'll see what we do, but I don't think it'll be the biggest transfer window of all time, which very much fits in with the, the steer we've had from the club and the noises come out coming out of Liverpool. Um, while this transfer window's been open, do you do you share that view? Do you think it's the right approach from the Reds at this stage? I mean, like Christian says, you've got to trust in the process, and you know, wouldn't be surprised if Klopp does pull a sign and out on the last day of the season like he did with Oxlade-Chamberlain. You know, if he's completely convinced he needs a player to fill a position, he will eventually get that player. It might yeah. take another season like we've seen with obviously Van Dijk, Allison, but he'll wait for the right person. He's just not going to rush and bring someone in the, you know, for 40 million that's not going to do the job he wants them to do. So, you know, I'd, I just wouldn't be too concerned by what he said. And, you know, you've got to be patient with, with him as a manager and obviously Michael Edwards and that whole, you know, they, they're not soft to use a, a Liverpool phrase, you know, they'll have, they'll have names on the board and by the end, by the end of the August 8th, I think it is, yep. isn't it? Mm. You know, we, I think we'll see one or two through the door and, you know, we, I think as well, we can depend on these, you know, watching Brewster last night, I'm fully convinced by him and it's 45 minutes, but <laughs> I'm convinced Oxley Chamberlain, you know, I think he, he he didn't look he looked a little bit rusty last night, but he'll come into himself throughout the season. And you know, these players who haven't played, they are like new signings. And you know, it is easy to just sort of say that and to give the fans that, but you know, they, they will have an impact over the season. And there's no point in messing with what is a great group of players by bringing in someone who's on too much wages, or you know, just you don't want to. It's such a balanced squad right now and, you know, everyone seems to be happy and it's going in the right direction. So, you know, I don't think he'll want to mess with that either. I think there's two things at play. The first one is that Liverpool traditionally work a transfer window in advance or, or a year in advance. So it's not... They would have sort of identified who they wanted last summer, if that makes sense. Um, so this summer they'll be working on looking at who they want to bring in next summer. Mm. And it also goes back to that idea of peak in terms of next summer, I think, for example, that they're going to have to probably invest fairly heavily in the midfield because James Milner will be one year older and one year closer to retirement. 
and Lalana. His contract will run out and we wait to see if he gets a, a new deal um, and he'll be 32 by then. Mm. And then you look and, and look, this is not me saying they're going to sell these players, but you know, Lovren becomes 31 um, and then from three at all 29. And it's at that point where you say, right, there is a gap here for a 22, 23 year old on big money who will be getting games because the players won't be playing or they might have departed or, 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 or something like that. So I think a quiet summer this summer might also be in preparation for what's next summer. Come? What's to come? What you're saying is Mbappe 2020? I've nailed on. <laughs> that, right. that, that was a joke, by the way. <laughs> before, anyone, before anyone gives me the brackets treatment, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm back on the Blood Red podcast. I don't want to get bracketed. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Well, on that note, uh, we'll we'll leave it there. Um, lots to be excited about, even though it is only the first game of preseason. But a six 0 win, plenty of big performances. Young stars looking like they're they're going to fit in. So um, yeah, uh, on to the next one, which is Bradford on Sunday at three pm, and we'll be back with the Blood Red Podcast on Monday to take a look at that one. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.